Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, December 15th, and this week, a new EU deal for gig workers, the struggles of one Lyft driver, and Amazon robots come cheap. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder, and lead attorney and all-around great guy, Bryant Greening. Bryant, happy Friday. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. What an introduction. <laughs> what it's an, great to be here. <laughs> what an interest. Throw that in there. Really get people excited. Who is this guy? He sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I like him. I yeah. like him already. Yep. So there you go. See, that's how we, that's how we sell it here. Um, so we're going to do, I, you know, we did this, I think, last week or the week before, and I really liked it. Um, instead of going through the whole week, I just want to outline three really important stories uh, that really highlight some of the pros and cons struggles of gig workers and uh, pretty much all workers really in general. So uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to try this again. And there's always plenty to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, and now the first one is gig workers as employees. Uh, now the EU basically tells delivery apps and gig workers are now employees. So EU saying, look, sorry, guys, they're not gig workers anymore. They're employees. And this is from Fortune. And they reported, quote, the European Union uh, negotiators backed a deal to reclassify millions of people working for ride hailing and food delivery apps as employees and a set of rules that could cost the industry billions of euros each year. The provisional deal, deal will require platforms to give full status to the estimated 5.5 million workers who meet at least two out of the five conditions that indicate their relationship with the app if it fits uh, if they're an employee rather than someone who's self-employed. Um, so this is, it's a huge win for gig workers in, in the EU, Brian. It is. There's a lot of benefits that come with being considered an employee. There's a lot of protections in terms of pay, in terms of benefits. Um, I, I know that in the United States, people have been fighting for better protections for a long time. And it seems like the EU just continues to be a step or two ahead of us in, in that regard. Um, I'm happy to see that that there's better worker protections, and I'm interested to see where this goes and how both the the workers and the companies respond. Yeah, you know, they kind of slid in here. I like how they you know, they wrote, "Oh, it's gonna you know it's gonna cost the industry billions each year." They kind of worded in such a way that it's such a bad thing, and they also buried something in the article that actually is not talked about a lot. Uh, obviously, the focus is, hey, gig workers now have these protections, which is awesome, and they're getting paid like employees. But they're also do doing something really cool that should be happening here, and it's not. The deal will also require platforms to tell workers when they're being monitored or managed by algorithms, which obviously, as we know, results in a lack of transparency for workers, and more importantly, how decisions are made and how their personal data is used. The first thing that comes to mind is wrongful deactivations. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much control that these companies exert over their workers that the general public and the, the workforce just have no idea of. So we look at, um, you know, the, let me let me say it this way. A lot of times people take on these jobs because they think, oh, I don't have a boss. They think um, I am my own boss. I'm going to be able to control my own hours, my own wages, my own destinations. And then they get behind the wheel and they realize that there's actually much more control exerted by the company than they ever anticipated. 
yes, there's not a, a manager standing over your shoulder and, and watching your work, but there's an electronic manager, this, you know, the algorithm that's directing so much of your day that's um, giving you incentives, that's keeping you on the road and really manipulating the driver to work harder, work faster, work more, or risk some sort of repercussions, such as, as you mentioned, deactivation. So to have this transparency where there's going to be a lot more information out there about who is um, managing the driver's work, how they're being managed, the ways in which they're being managed, I, I think it's, a, it's going to be really enlightening. Um, and perhaps we're going to see that these drivers aren't quite as independent as the companies would let on, which just gives more credence to uh, this, you know, the heightened uh, security that these benefits and, and this change in the law are going to provide. Do you think at all that this will kind of ignite this conversation back here in some of the states and cities where they're pushing for the employment status? I, certainly every time that there is a win for drivers anywhere in the world, dri the driver community gets excited and starts, again, to talk about these sorts of changes and how they're necessary in the United States. One thing that I've noticed is that politicians, you know, they wax and wane on this issue. Sometimes they're really into it. Sometimes they're scared of it. But when their feet are held to the fire, a lot of times the politicians don't want to be the ones to make these changes. So what I'm excited about is, is how the driver community responds that maybe there's a fire lit underneath them seeing, okay, our counterparts uh, across the sea here ha have gained all these benefits. Maybe we can, you know, maybe this is a time for us to push harder, to get back into the politicians' ears, to show that this is not just an idea, but something that has transpired, something that has really, you know, taken root uh, in, in major other um, areas you know that there's there's a lot of countries that are now implementing this with the eu um deciding to move forward with it um maybe that's enough to get the politicians to take action because the drivers are going to be extra motivated from this day going forward yeah i think so i hope so and i think so and just like you said this sort of reignites the conversation every time um and We'll see what kind of what the cause and effect is here afterwards. I, f I do think there'll be something. Uh, and actually, going back to what you said earlier, this is a nice transition into the next uh, story, next topic. You had just brought up about a lot of drivers uh, like this, the, like the gig work for the independents, but then realize there's also costs that come associated with it. Um, and that's actually the the topic number two here. We're calling it driving with a disability. Uh, there was one disabled Lyft driver. Um, who's now struggling to make ends meet, and this was covered by Business Insider this week. Um, they reported, quote, Elizabeth, who's in her mid-30s and works in the Southeast, says she first started gig work after suffering an injury that limited her work options. Um, so she told Business Insider she really enjoyed the flexibility of driving for Lyft and Uber, given she could take days off if she was in pain. Um, while she still says she enjoys taking the days off, Things have changed. She now barely makes $200 a week, and obviously she has to spend a lot on vehicle maintenance and gas. She said she struggled to make her $400 car payment last month. So once again, an example of uh, what you had just said, Brian, using the flexibility as a pro, but then it can really backfire. 
Yeah, we've seen time and time again the story of the bait and switch. Uh, back when we started Legal Rideshare, drivers were doing really quite well in terms of pay rates. Uh, you know, there was a lot of money that was being kept in the drivers' pockets. The companies were seemingly more fair in how they were splitting the revenue. Um, and as the years have gone on, driver pay has decreased, driver flexibility has decreased. Um, we see drivers that need to work 50, 60 hours a week just to make ends meet. It, it sounds great that, oh, I'll be my own boss. Oh, I'm not going to have to go into the office. I don't, you know, I can choose my own hours. Yeah, th those things are all well and good. But in practice, in order to put food on the table, you're still working eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Um, you know, perhaps it's evenings instead of mornings, but you're really a slave to the company. And um, this, uh, this story that, that we're reading here, it, it's just proof that it's, it, everybody's experiencing it. And it's sad because there's people who are making life choices like this woman who made a choice to leave the traditional employee, employment market because of her life uh, conditions and because of health conditions. And, and she really saw this as an opportunity, a beacon of light. And now we're, you know, we're just with the story that we hear over and over again. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that really shocked me, I mean, maybe it shouldn't, but, uh, you know, the article also indicates that 45% of Gen Z and 44% of millennials uh, are making $2,500 or more a month in gig work. Uh, and that's compared to only 36% of Gen X and only 30% of boomers. So it, it's either, you know, it could be that they're just working a lot harder, a lot longer hours. But it's a, there's a lot of the country that is doing gig work. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an industry that continues to grow. And I think that part of it is the promise of the independence of be your own boss. Um, part of it is the, you know, the up and down of the economy and, and labor market, you know, this is, this option is kind of always available. Um, and I just, I, I believe that there needs to be some changes in the, the structure of the companies, um, perhaps some oversight from the government to ensure that there is standards in place in terms of pay and benefits and just transparency as to what everybody's going to walk away with. You, you can't get into business if you don't know what you're going to take home at the end of each day or week or month. If the, if it just fluctuates that greatly where some weeks you're making enough to put foods on food on the table and other weeks you're not working the same amount of hours. I don't know how that's a viable job. You know, you're at a certain point, you're just, it's not worth going out. You're spending more money and costs than it's worth. Um, and you've worked just as hard. You know, if, if somebody's going to go out for eight hours a day, they deserve to know that they're going to be able to eat. And that's just not the way the industry is set up right now. Right. It's almost like you're better off literally going to a casino and rolling your dice for the day and going, okay, well, I have 300 bucks to see what I can make. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's insanity. Sad. It is. It's, ter it's terrible. It's, you know, when, when you get to the point where you're better off gambling it away or, um, or even not working, you know, by the time some of these drivers consider their gas, the wear and tear on their vehicle, the insurance, like the money that they're taking in, it's not even worth it. You're better off sitting on your couch. And that's not one, a, a way to um, make sure that you're going to be able to pay the bills. And, and two, it's it's just not good for the, the community, for society. Like it's, it's a race to the bottom. And we should be trying to elevate 
our community and our our working class and and that's just not what these companies are doing right now yeah totally totally um so let's let's transition to the final story here uh amazon robot workers are here and they are cheap uh, new Amazon warehouse robot comes at a very low cost, and this is from Business Insider. Um, Amazon has recently began testing a new robot in its warehouse operations called Digit, a humanoid bipedal robot with a turquoise torso and smiley eyes, they say. Digit costs about 10 to $12 an hour to operate right now. However, the company predicts that that cost will drop to only 2 to $3 an hour plus overhead software. Now, Amazon is saying that Digit is designed to work collaboratively with employees, not replace them. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know where to even go with this, Brian. I'm gonna. You can have the first words. <laughs> uh, well, it's a handsome robot, as they describe. <laughs> yeah, right. I think, <laughs> I think it's here to take your job. Uh, so, unfortunately, when we see stories like this. I think right now, Amazon's probably telling the truth that it's designed to work collaboratively. It's probably because it's not good enough right now to do the job entirely by itself. But we can see where this is going. So much of warehouse work and factory work over the years has become automated. There's no reason to think that one of the biggest companies in the world with some of the greatest innovative minds isn't trying to find ways to cheapen their um, their bottom line, to, to make it more cost efficient um, and salaries, hourly wages paid to people. That's a big chunk of what Amazon is is going to be paying every year. So if they can lower those costs and become more efficient, they're going to take that opportunity. So I I don't buy that this uh, this beautiful uh, AI creature that that they've uh, developed is not intended to eventually be the main working force in those facilities. And it really actually also reminds me of, you know, and you can ex you can speak more on this, but um, there's also, as we know, Amazon workers, it's there's a lot of injury and a lot of people getting hurt. And now if you get rid of them, if a robot falls over dead, you just get another one for three bucks an hour. And, and I know that you're now pursuing trying to help Amazon workers in these warehouses who are injured. Yeah, the number of uh, warehouse injuries that we're seeing is is really astonishing. Um, there's been reports that have come out that a, a majority of workers have taken time off due to uh, exhaust, exhaustion, due to injury, um, sometimes very severe. And we've been representing these workers um, in fighting for what they're entitled to in terms of workers' compensation and personal injury claims. Um, Right now, when a worker gets injured, the company is responsible for paying medical bills, has to pay for their time off. Um, there's various other avenues of uh, compensation like pain and suffering. And I'm glad that these benefits exist for the worker because they're, they're injured doing the, the company's bidding. But you know, from the company's perspective, these are really expensive claims. And as you alluded to, when you have a robot doing the work, you don't need to pay workers' compensation premiums. You don't have to pay the costs of medical bills. So n not only is it going to be more efficient in terms of an hourly rate, $3 an hour versus you know whatever the factory worker is making at their given location, um, it's also much less liability. So it, it, it's really like 
from an efficiency and cost standpoint, it's 100% in the company's interest to replace the worker with somebody who doesn't have these high costs associated with them. Right. A hundred percent. And anyone who's listening out there, if you've experienced or seen Digit yet, or even some of the, they said there's now 750,000 robots already working. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm just curious how it's going, how you, how everyone's feeling. Cause um, they're going to keep rolling this out. It's going to obviously become a big part of the, the assembly line, whether or not, you know, it does quote unquote take them over or work collaboratively or not. So it's, it's coming one way or the other. Um, before we head in the, off into the weekend, though, Brian, I'll give you the last word just to explain about Legal Rideshare, and then, yeah, we'll head off in the weekend. Yeah, so before we uh, start the weekend, we always like to remind everybody that if you're injured on the job, whether you're driving rideshare, you're a passenger in a rideshare, you're working at an Amazon factory, you're driving flex, but whatever job you may be doing in this, in this industry, we are here to help. Um, if you find yourself in an accident and injured, you are entitled to benefits, like I was describing a few minutes ago, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. And we can help make sure that you um, do everything that you can to present the strongest case to the insurance company and get compensated for everything that you're entitled to. Um, time is of the essence, so don't wait to call us. Uh, injury claims don't get better with time. Um, so please uh, visit us at legalrideshare.com or amazonaccident.com. Um, and we'd be happy to help. Awesome. Thank you, Bryant. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.